listeners and viewers to another week of education, the Teachers Talking Terror podcast, where myself, Mike, and myself, Courtney, are going to talk about another scary movie. This one really not so much scary as much as it is just horrific fun, but fun nonetheless. And to make it even better, we do have a special guest this week. Courtney, would you like to introduce our guest? Yes, this guest is one of my childhood best friends. Um... Erica! There she is. Hello, Erica, and welcome to the show. Hello, I'm excited to be here. Because this is how we handle guests on our show, uh, it was your pick. Uh, And so Megan was your pick, and I'm sure uh, the behavior of this Megan named doll probably hits a little close to home for you, doesn't it? (laughs) I do have a sister with the exact same spelling of Megan. So I was. Well, not the three, but the name itself. <laughs> but so I was, I was really excited to see something about uh, yeah. something evil named Megan running around, just to see how uh, wreaking havoc on everything. So, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to so, see if there was like well, a one-to-one comparison. Uh, and so, yeah, of course, you know the format. Uh, you know, we're although it's been a while since we had a guest, and so um, we have to get back into the guest fold. So. Erica, you brought this to the show. Uh, before we get going too far, do you is there anything? Uh, how how'd you end up on our show? Aside from being one of Courtney's childhood best friends. <laughs> um. Well, I love movies. I love scary movies, and I love movies that are also kind of not necessarily bad, but very like tongue in cheek. I like something that is not afraid to be. Maybe a little bit stupid at times. I like something that that knows what nice. it is uh, going into it. So I read the reviews about Megan, and I was really intrigued because it didn't seem like the traditional sort of scary movie that it would be. Like yeah. uh, you, because you'd assume it'd be like Chucky, um, and it's it's definitely not that. So uh, I love scary movies. Courtney knows that about me, uh, and so she uh, yeah, this movie reached out and asked me to pick something out. Um, and that it it doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it is and it has a lot of fun doing it. And I also am a big fan of movies that fall into that category. So, but Megan just actually just came out uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, debuted December seventh and actually released in theaters in the United States uh, January sixth. So just a month and change that this movie's been out. There's probably still some theaters where it's still showing. Uh, and so it isn't very often that Courtney and I talk about a movie that's still pretty fresh. <laughs> Although Skinnamarink was probably the freshest we could have talked about, and it wasn't worth talking about. Um, I've actually been on a few different Facebook, uh, you know, few different Facebook horror groups, and some people are like, "Should I watch Skinnamarink?" No, I just I comment every time. No, some guy last night was like, "I'm 40 minutes in, and I'm hating this. Should I finish it?" No, you shouldn't. No, no, just do yourself a favor. And uh, else. so, uh, yeah, but Megan, um, Courtney, how do we want to handle the plot of this one? Should we just sit back and let Erica carry it all? <laughs> I mean, I think she'd do a great job well, of that, but I, know she <laughs> I don't, I don't know if she'd want to. No, it's... <laughs> oh, I don't know. I kind enough. of hop around. That's my problem is I hop around She's like me. immediately to what I uh, <laughs> no, think we... is we of course we try our best to stay somewhat linear, linear in uh, in our plot development, but uh, we're looking at um, a very heavy-handed allegory for technology dependency. Uh, 
especially amongst kids. So I was excited to watch this because I was like, Courtney and I are going to have a lot to talk about when we yeah. get to the teacher side of this. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, we start out, we meet our main character, Katie. Uh, she's with her parents, but not for long, as she is, uh, she's in a car accident and both her parents die. Um, you know, she's on her, dev- you know, she's on her tablet a lot. She's got this, like, computer-connected, really ugly, Furby. Like, really ugly yeah, I get human teeth. It was really disturbing looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, so, but they yeah. get in an accident, and yep. Katie's now an orphan. Um, and she is sent to live with her aunt uh, Gemma, who is a robotics engineer at a toy company in Seattle. Funky, funky toys. Um, and I feel like. You know, and you guys might agree. Gemma seems to be like really ahead of the game. Like she seems to have more ability than what this little toy designer needs. Yeah. Um. Because because she designed that. Um, yeah, the first toy that she was playing with, and and it was fun because like the movie starts out with like a commercial uh, mm-hmm. for toys, and so they drop a couple of those in there, which were kind of fun. But I don't even remember what the name of that dumb looking toy was. Uh, but she designed that, and she's kind of put to the grills by her boss because they need something bigger and better because people keep figuring, keep reverse engineering their designs and coming out with it cheaper. So, uh, yeah, so we got Gemma and Katie who are trying to bond Gemma. I get the sense of no, no desire to have children, but now she's a mom. No. Yeah. It's, I do feel really bad for Katie here because it's like, boom, you've got kids and, and it's really poor Katie. It's really neither one of their fault. Yeah. I mean, no, obviously the not. accident wasn't their fault, but like you know, they both lose here because neither one of them are in a situation they want to be in, and it does take time to figure it out. Um, you can't just you know you can't just put on your parent hat and decide, well, I this is what I'm supposed to do now as a parent. Uh, mm-hmm. you, know, you get your whole lifestyle changed. So uh, we meet um, down in the lab. She's what? What are her friends' names? What's Gemma's co-workers? Um, David and... Or no, that's her boss. David's her boss. David's her boss. He was so annoying. He I could not stand him. Awful. Awful. <laughs> uh, uh, Tess, the way he Tess, talked. Tess and Cole. Tess. Yes. Those are the colleagues. Tess and Cole. And so, um, Erica, tell us how we meet Megan. Uh, we meet Megan uh, because they are working on her. We meet her without her face. Uh, she doesn't have a face yet. They just ordered or just received, actually, the silicone face to put over her. Um, and we immediately find out that Megan is supposed to be a secret. Uh, she is not something that the company that she works for knows about yet. Um, and she doesn't have a face yet. And so you don't exactly know what she's going to look like yet, unless you've seen the trailers, and you don't know what she's capable of. Yet. How, you just now, know we know she's a, she's a secret because she's in the basement. I mean, that's a dead giveaway. But how does yeah. one keep... If if she has a boss that seems... Like, Gemma has a boss that seems to have her thumb on her all the time. How does she secretly spend $100,000 on this prototype without him realizing it? <laughs> As someone who works in the corporate world, <laughs> I don't know how you can get away with that. <laughs> Um, there's like so many like checks and balances on like, Hey, where did this like small amount of money go to? I can only imagine trying to sneak through a hundred thousand dollars. The only way I can think through 
is that she had to be lying about where it was going and saying right. it was it for because, the production like, of this nobody new keeps toy. that much of petty cash so um so yeah we no. like you said we meet megan and megan like malfunctions immediately because they forgot to put this red herring of a sensor yeah. in place uh something that definitely will not come back later um no 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 <laughs> not foreshadowing and at all so uh but yeah megan is played out to be this lifelike android that like pairs with a child and then pairing with a, it's very much like uh Betamax in in Big Hero 6 and that like the more they're together yes. the more they bond and the more that the the more Megan gets to know about Katie and can be there as kind of a surrogate friend slash parent so Gemma gets to kind of relax like I created a parent for you here you go here's your best friend and it scratches every itch because Gemma doesn't, I won't say she's disinterested in parenting. She just doesn't know how to do it. She cares. Yeah. She cares about Katie. But at the same time, Katie, who is extremely tech dependent, now gets like the ultimate tech to depend on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, David intervenes at just the wrong time and uh, shut this down. And I need, I need the next prototype for the next dumb animal on my desk by Friday. So she has like a week um, and Gemma being a good employee just, you know, shuts it down and forgets the project altogether and we move on. No, 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 no. Gemma, Gemma <laughs> takes Megan home yeah. and decides I will finish my work here. So, and this is where um, Bruce is discovered. Yeah. Bruce is like prototype <laughs> one. Yes. I loved Bruce. Um, and I just, I don't know. Same. Like I thought it was so cool how they did this. Um, just right. because I've I've not seen a lot of movies with robots or anything, so just kind of turning it on and everything. And this is where she discovers like Katie is so fascinated by Bruce, and so she knows Katie's gonna love Megan. Yeah. Bruce reminds me a lot of uh, this is me being a movie nerd. Um, there's an I won't call it an old movie, but older to you guys called Robot Jocks that is kind of like Rock'em Sock'em Robots the movie, uh, where it's very similar that you have. You've got these giant robots that are controlled by these gloves, and then they fight. Um, and there's a lot of movies that are very similar to that. They do it again in um, Pacific Rim, uh, where you've got th you've got these giant ocean monsters that they create these giant robots for. But they like link with the robots, so their movements are the are like the human movements or the robot movements. Um, and so yeah, but this kind of technology is really cool. Where it seems kind of like a Wi-Fi control. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Bruce is just like collecting dust in the corner of the garage. Like, mm -hmm. so Gemma clearly is very intelligent um, and yeah. very good at what she does. Um, and you're right that she figures out, hey, if she loves Bruce, she's going to love Megan. And uh, and so, ba -ba -ba -ba, yeah, we, we get Megan paired with Katie. Uh, and basically, like Gemma's putting all her chips on the table here. Cause she's like, yeah, she is. she's like, I know I'm supposed to have been creating that dumb Furby, but I'm going to go against my CEO's orders and actually continue working on Megan and then show it to him. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what they do. And I mean, it wins David over. Oh, yeah. So yeah. in the end, like, you know, because <laughs> it would have been a short movie it... if it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just, I don't know. She she's creepy. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it because like she she I mean because she, she is. It's one of those borderlines of like too lifelike. 
Like, yeah. She stands yeah, in the I'm uncanny obvious. valley for sure. There's enough there that it looks realistic, but enough off that you could that you know it's not. And so, yeah. um, you know, and so I, I really I think that's cool because there's no denying. You know, it's like Annabelle or Chucky or the scary clown from Poltergeist. You look at those and you're like, those are clearly toys. You look at Megan and from the shadows, you could be tricked yeah. um, mm-hmm. until you basically saw her face and heard her speech patterns. And so Megan's a hit. You know, Megan's a hit. Everybody loves Megan. The problem is um, Gemma did too good of a job on Megan and the AI component of Megan has basically become senient. Um, and, and this is, this is something I really enjoy in movies anyway, when, um, you take science fiction type material like this and you place it just in the realm of unbelievability because, um, I've got students, high school students that are, I was talking to them about AI, uh, art generators and things like that. And these kids are just fascinated. Um, but at the same time, it took them all of 30 seconds, um, to be critical. Uh, which yeah. is typical for a kid, uh, you know, because we pulled up a website where they would generate AI art. And I was having kids tell me, what do you want it to draw and be as specific as possible? So these kids are like, um, I want to see Tom Hanks eating a hot dog, you know, or something like that. So I type it in and in like 30 seconds, it generates four different images, all of them very well done, but none of them good. None of them were con- It did not look like Tom Hanks eating a hot dog. Uh, and in no time flat, these kids are like knocking it. They're like, oh, that didn't even look good. I'm like, you guys are missing the point. Like this was a website that took very specific details of what we're talking about and created it in four of them in 30 seconds. Like, and all of them are better art than any of us could produce. Um, yeah. you know, and so it's just, it's funny how, how like desensitized today's kids are to technology, because if it still doesn't satisfy what I want, then it's still no good. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like so hard to please. Um, but <laughs> Megan, Megan is a pleaser. She can, yeah. she can handle everybody. We also meet Gemma's neighbor. <laughs> who is it? I forget. Celia. Celia. <laughs> um, just yeah. a terrible lady that like, there's a hole in the fence and the dog keeps coming through and like she washes. I don't know. Like, she just tells she's a terrible neighbor. And, like, it's kind of interesting the relationship that Gemma and Celia have. Because they clearly don't like each other. But they still are kind of bound by respect for their neighbor. Mm-hmm. Because she just, like, they just kind of yell at each other. And they both just kind of go about their day. Like, oh, not a big deal. Just dealt with Celia. Um, and so, yeah, we're kind of rambling off the rail. I'm rambling off the rails here. Um, yeah, so Katie and Megan are paired. They're paired and they are, I mean, like, Megan is just doing everything. Mm-hmm. Like, she reminds her to flush the toilet. Honestly, remind I need one of these in my classroom because it's like, reminds her to wash her hands. Reminds her to put a cup on the coaster. Yeah. Wow. I love Megan at this point. All, all things that Gemma has tried to do and Katie's not responsive <laughs> yes. to it. But once, once the tech tells her to do it, oh, yeah, that's fine. I'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it really does feel like a win-win all around here. Um until, until uh, we get uh, we get the therapist involved, um, and she makes her cry. Yeah, yeah, the therapist and... makes Katie cry, and that's really 
And that's definitely, yeah, that is not good. Megan does not like that. Megan does not no, approve. She's been programmed to basically, you're, you're programmed to protect who your, who your like number one paired person is. Mm-hmm. Like Gemma's number two, Katie's number one. So she's looking out for, for Katie and she doesn't like what the therapist makes her emotional. Um, she doesn't like, well, there's an incident where uh, Katie's out back shooting bows, like shooting a bow and arrow. And she can't find the other arrow. Well, Megan sees the other arrow. It's on the other side of the fence. How? I don't know. Doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Then we see Celia's terrible dog, um, like, bites, like, drags Megan in. And it, it's kind of cool because the movie sometimes, you could tell that it was a little girl playing Megan. And then sometimes it was yeah. just a doll playing the, the doll. Um, mm-hmm. It's almost like Toy Story where, like, when Andy's not around they wake up and when he gets around, they <laughs> like, I don't know why Megan didn't fight the dog off while he was biting her. Yeah, I know. Especially yeah. after seeing what she can do, right. but so that, yeah, yeah. It, whatever. What was the dog's name? Baxter or something like that. Um, it, it really doesn't matter. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So the dog bites Megan and then Katie goes to save it and the dog bites Katie. And, and that's the, <laughs> <laughs> yikes for the dog yeah. the dog made the There's wrong another, choice with the wrong person we get we get another scene where <laughs> yeah. Gemma like Katie's not doing school very well so mm-hmm. Katie's gonna enroll her in some alternative thing where she basically goes to like a day camp and plays um we get that kid Brandon yeah he's a jerk yeah and again like this this scene here yeah. it None of these scenes ultimately fit the narrative other than just to showcase what Megan's capable of, which is perfectly fine with me because they're fun. Yeah. Brandon is bullying Katie. Like they go look, they're in the woods looking for some kind of nut. I don't know. Mm -hmm. And uh, Brandon's basically being a jerk and Megan shows up and uh, yeah, she takes but it's like she like grabs him by the ear rips his ear off but but first you get like a good like six inches of stretch to it yeah like that's so that's just it's like a a kid could get a really really large gauge in there um or small gauge or whatever whatever you measure gauges with um yeah so we find brandon he ends up getting hit by a car and dies yeah and uh and then we cut back, like, Megan takes Celia's dog, and it gets killed. Um, or she did that before, Brandon, but uh, Celia comes from next door. Um, yeah, she's fired up yeah. here. Like, she's called the cops. She's like, she took my oh, dog. Yeah. I see that little blonde girl staring out at 3 a.m. Yeah. And, like, it's it's freaked. Um Katie out because, you know, you can see like Megan can see her stress level and anxiety and everything. And so she's like, I'm going to do something about Celia because she's not going to harass my, my people anymore. (laughs) And so Celia only looks for her dog in the dark. Yeah. Cause yeah. The best time. (laughs) Yeah. The best time. And she hears, she hears a little something and, um, goes to the shed. Yeah, and Megan goes out to the show and yep. meets and meets Megan. Gets to fully Hello, meet Megan. I'm Megan, and Megan's armed. <laughs> yeah, she is. She takes shoot. 
shoots Celia in the hand with a nail gun to like pin her to the lawnmower tire. And then uh, what was it Mm -hmm. like insecticide or something? Yeah, because that's what I think. I mean, like, that's what they were fighting about in the beginning was like, she's like, keep your chemicals out. So it's like, we'll just bathe her with chemicals. Right. So she just like, she kills her, like, kills her with all these chemicals. Um, It might take a while. Yeah, that like are the, I don't know much about insecticides, but if you get enough of them on your skin, does do you die? Yeah, so it like I only know that because my dad works in chemicals, right. and like the the right ones will just acidically just peel your skin off. Really? Huh. Yeah. Well, this is an yeah. educational podcast, so <laughs> I've learned something today. Yes. I mean, obviously, I try not to handle chemicals anyway, and that makes sense because it's a chemical, but it's like, mm-hmm. and you think, like, that's the crap that we're, we're putting in our ground. Yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, well. Um, and now it's like the police show up the next morning at um, Gemma's house, and they're like, she's like, I don't have her dog. Can you tell her to quit yeah. harassing me? And they're like, that might be a little hard. Yeah. And there goes Celia in a body bag. And this is the point where it's like Gemma is starting to kind of wonder if this is like Megan. Yeah. Because she asked her, like, have you done something, you know, not good? And Megan's like, oh, you have to be more specific. And she's like, have you done something to hurt someone? And she's like, oh, God, I hope not, because that would mean that you did, too. And yeah. It's just like it this is where it starts to hit the fan and go bad. Yeah. You know, you start realizing how smart and manipulative mm-hmm. Megan and can fun. now be. It's a lot of fun. Um Yeah, so Gemma <laughs> basically now that everybody almost everybody out of the picture, Gemma's now on her detective hunt to figure out if Megan's doing it. Apparently Megan um Megan has the capabilities to I guess talk to all technology. Like, yeah, she appears to be like Ultron in this sense. I don't know if you guys are Marvel fans, but <laughs> it's kind of it's kind of how Ultron yeah. is. He's just this sentient AI robot that, but he can like his his essence lives in the tech. It's not like if one robot named Ultron gets taken down, the next robot it like takes over that personality, and and so it's like. So, like, Gemma's checking her computer, and these files are all corrupt or deleted. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, she's really suspicious of Megan, trying to check these video logs that are no longer there. Um, and so, Megan tricks her with, or Gemma, Gemma tricks her with the whole, do you see this pen? And then shuts her down. Like, apparently the on-off switch is right there behind yeah. the wall. Um, turns her off, takes her back to the lab, where uh, Katie freaks out. Yeah, she does. Ooh, girl, you'd be walking on the side of the road if you were my kid. Like, (laughs) get out. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, really showing the uh, danger and addiction that kids can have with technology. So, yeah, like, Katie smacks her. Like, she's cussing at her. She just flips (laughs) out. Um, You know, Gemma steps in and reacts like a movie parent would do. Mm-hmm. I'm really sorry, Katie. I haven't been there for you. Blah, 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 blah. Um, you know, what What I've tried with Megan is not a solution, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, that's what a movie parent would do. You're absolutely right. One of my kids started <laughs> acting like that. I'm pulling off the side of the road, and we're handling this until it's over. 
Yeah, I specifically remember a scene where I acted like that. And I remember my dad pulled over and pulled me out of the Jeep. <laughs> like, yeah, this... I was just like, when she slapped her, I was like, oh my goodness. No kidding, yeah. <gasps> so, um, meanwhile, David is orchestrated another Megan showcase for different investors. Uh, they're going to push her worldwide. Um, so, they, they, they do this unveiling, and it appears like it's not going to go to plan. You know, because mm -hmm. Katie and Megan get real emotional and real deep with each other. But that actually, like, hits all of these heartless investors. And they all start crying. And yeah, like, wow, this is, I'm like, this is a terrible <laughs> toy. If you have a sad kid, and like, this is a therapy. This, this is, this is a support device. This is not a toy. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so Gemma, Tess, and Cole, they're trying to, um, like, they're just trying to, to destroy Megan at this point. Like, they're trying to get her shut down. Um, you know, Gemma's like, I got to get Katie out of here. This is not safe. You know, uh, Tess and Cole, they're going to try and shut her down. David shows up. It's like, it doesn't work. Long story short, Megan is on the loose now. <laughs> she, uh, she kills David in the elevator. She kills David's assistant, who's been, we find out, this, like, this plot line went nowhere. Like, they <laughs> yeah, show him yeah. earlier stealing Megan's files. And then later on, like, it's revealed he's the one that's been selling them off to these uh, competitors for, you know, so that they can make knockoffs. But it's like it went nowhere. Mm -hmm. Other than just giving another person to kill. The, the David murder was kind of fun, because they've got the... <laughs> That was my favorite. This little like murderous <laughs> dance she does with a with like a paper like a paper slicer. What do you what do we even call those things, Courtney? Yeah, they're the like the choppers, like a paper. Yeah, I, what do you even I'm call doing them? this like I know like people will know. Um, <laughs> they're like the paper blades on um, sweet teacher. <laughs> I like paper chopper, um, paper trimmer. <laughs> Paper cutting board. This one says swing line guillotine. Like, yeah, this is. Do you know? Pa paper, paper guillotine. Okay, yeah. Like, they're expensive. They are. I'm looking at one here on Granger. It's $250. Mm -hmm. Why do you think we only got one at the school? No kidding. <laughs> I mean, you can get an exacto one on Amazon for 100 but still $100? Yeah. Just use scissors, people. <laughs> oh well yeah she rips the blade right off of that thing and yeah she does and uh, <laughs> um and then the Cole her, not Cole Kurt. the Kurt is in there and he's like why would you do this and she's like but I didn't do it yeah. you did and she's like you've hated your ba or everyone hates you and like you know you've been under worked here forever blah 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 just goes on and then kills him <sighs> and then just at the perfect timing they get downstairs and they're like talking about alright guys we need Big reactions yeah, from you when we present right. Megan. Here she comes. And I thought maybe <laughs> it was going to show her, but no, it showed this just bloody elevator yeah. of the two bodies. 
Yeah. And the crowd, the crowd did make noise. Yeah, they reacted as they were supposed to, <laughs> nice and loud. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So those guys are dead. Megan then hops in a sports car because, of course, she knows how to drive. Yeah. Well, it's a Tesla, That's so true. she can just connect. That's fair point. I, I missed. I missed the. That makes sense that they would put it. I missed that connection too. too. So yeah, so she hops in the sports car and drives to Gemma's house. Um, Gemma tries the whole pen trick again, and Megan, nope, she's not doing it. This um, she's not done this time. She's not. <laughs> so they get so Katie's in bed, and, and Gemma and Megan are basically I will call it a fight because Megan's winning, you know. But they're in the they're in the kitchen, basically like, hey, uh, everything's okay. Go back to bed. We're fine. And uh, just as Megan's distracted, Gemma throws a glass of water in her face, which is not good. Mm -hmm. It's not good on technology. As a technology coordinator, I can say anytime you introduce a liquid (laughs) to uh, an electronic, it typically doesn't go well for the electronic. So, yeah, same here. Uh, Megan kind of shorts out a little bit. Just enough time for Gemma to get down to her lab. Um, And they're going to they're fighting it out, you know. Yeah, Megan threatens to rip her head off. Like, it's just, like, it's just fun. Um, Katie shows up, and Megan confronts Katie. And And Megan wins her over, too, here, because, like, again, it shows Megan can see how you're feeling, and, like, her trust is up to 97%. And Gemma, at this point, is like, I'm screwed. Like she needs, to, no. she needs to get Katie in acting classes because <laughs> yeah she does. You just tricked an AI. That's pretty good. <laughs> um, and lo and behold, who does Katie have? She activates Bruce. <laughs> Love it. I was so glad Bruce had yeah. to come back. So Bruce and Megan go at it. Bruce picks her up and tears her body in half. And then, being the bumbling idiot that he is, trips over her legs. Yeah. Which pins Gemma to the ground. Yes. As Megan's, like, Terminator torso is crawling towards Katie. Okay, this part was a little little creepy. And just, like, the way that she was running in the woods. I meant to say that earlier. When she was chasing chasing Brayden, I was like, what the heck? Like, that room. Honestly, I was laughing. (laughs) She she reminded me of one of those, like, Boston Dynamic robot dogs. Like. She reminded me of the grudge. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Only a little, little faster than. Yeah. So, uh, so Gemma gets loose and starts fighting with Megan and rips her face off, which exposes that chip, that, Mm -hmm. uh, that aforementioned beginning of the movie chip, um, that keeps it all together. And then Katie comes running in and stabs her right into that chip with a with a screwdriver. Saves the day, I guess. I mean, they go outside and then we we catch <laughs> yeah. the uh, movies version of her Alexa waking up. Uh huh. Like, oh, Megan yeah. is still around. So is it really the end? Is Megan really right. gone? And it, I did read a sequel titled Megan 2.0 of is scheduled is. to be released January 17th, 2025. Of course, of course there is. This movie cost $12 million to make and it made almost $170 million. Of course oh, there's a sequel. Yeah, there's going to be a couple it sounds like right. with that. Well, it's like because like essentially you have nobody in this movie. Allison no. Williams is probably the most recognizable, um, and that's and if you haven't seen Get Out, you probably don't recognize her anyway. 
Have you seen Get Out yet? Me? Yeah. Of course I have. There was one that um, was based on that that you hadn't seen yet, and I was like, oh, my goodness. Um, Man, I don't remember what it was now. I'll have to think of it. Um, But it was one of those. Erica, have you seen Get Out? Uh, No, I haven't. So I've seen a, a horror movie that someone hasn't seen. <laughs> you've seen, you've seen you. a lot of scary movies I haven't seen because I don't watch a lot of the more recent. I won't say recent, but if you were like, oh, what God, Eric and like, I consider the classics, <laughs> right? Like The Conjuring. <laughs> like, come on. Yeah, I was an adult when that movie came out, and I'm not even that old. <laughs> I know when you sent that, Erica. He's like classics. You guys are so young. <laughs> I know. All these classic movies. I'm like, good lord. I mean, like a staple, you know? It's like an easy go-to. Like, oh, you need to, like, because I feel like we grew up at slumber parties being like, we should watch a scary movie. Let's watch The Conjuring. I know. Yes. I feel bad for you. It was either The Conjuring, <laughs> The Haunting in Connecticut, or The Grudge. Yeah. Haunting in Connecticut was one of my favorites, though. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are classics to us. That's, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, but whatever. Like when, when you're like, oh man, I feel bad for you. <laughs> I don't blame you. Like like that classic haunting that that fourteen year old classic haunting in Connecticut. If it makes you feel any better, my dad had me watch Nightmare on Elm Street as a kid, and we lived right by Elm Street. And he told me it was the oh, same one. Fair enough. So, <laughs> like the Conjuring came out ten years on, ten years ago. Like, yeah, so we, I mean, we were both able to drive. They're not classics yeah. if they came out. They, if they came out when you were alive, they're not classics. <laughs> well, I, I shouldn't say that because I, I refer to that or like Nightmare on Elm Street as a classic. It, I was born when it came out. So, but I get where you're coming from. You're generational type. But, yeah. but it's like, that's the thing is that they're still so recent that mm-hmm. that it's like there's so much before that that yeah you know mm-hmm. then you're like oh my god these classics I'm like wait do you get a hold of something that's 70 years old <laughs> you know came out of, or came out in the 60s like a 60 year old movie and you know and you're like, oh what's that like classics 13 years old what am I supposed to do with a year old movie so but that ladies and gentlemen that is the that's the classic movie Megan that just came out a little over a month ago it's a classic. <laughs> that Definitely. classic that classic movie about artificial intelligence <laughs> that old got that, that old, right that old found technology of AI <laughs> oh, so uh, let's grade this thing what do you say Courtney and Eric alrighty All right. Erica you wanna go yeah, first Erica you gotta go first I'd say I'm gonna be really generous here I say it's gonna be B for me because I really enjoyed it I had a good time I didn't think it was necessarily, like, scary. I thought it was fun. I just had a good time watching it. So I'm being really generous Fair with enough. it. Courtney? All righty. Um, I like how she says she's being generous when I've given, like, 99% of the movies A's. Yeah. <laughs> <All right. laughs> um, I, I also, I really like this movie. It was a fun one as well. Um, I agree with you on that. I'm going with the B plus just because, like, I like the ones, I mean, I say this every week, the ones that are going to, like, jump scare me or stay with me afterwards. I will say the scariest part of this movie is how addicted kids are to technology and how true that is though. Yeah. I'd say the only part of this movie that made me jump is when 
Uh, Gemma and Katie show up at home, and the dog jumps at the like the car window. Like, yeah, that, that startled me. But other than that, it was just a fun ride. I'm gonna go along. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna give it a B as well. Um, you know, it it was just fun. It fits that category of you don't have to really pay a ton of attention. You don't have to understand what's going on. Yeah, it's not gonna be realistic. It's gonna be fun. And if you're okay with fun, um, you know, it's got as about as much gore as you can get out of a PG-13 movie. Um, but it, it is, it's just a fun ride. I really enjoy movies that are like that, that don't take themselves too seriously, but people still show up for, and, uh, and mm-hmm. I get that as well. So we got a B, B and a B plus fair enough. So, all right, Courtney, I'm going to flip it over to you for your educational lesson for the episode. All righty. My... <laughs> yeah. Um, my educational lesson is going to be parents, please parent, like, Technology is not a free babysitter for your parents. It is not a supervisor for your parents. And, like, I'm not saying don't let your kids be on technology because I, like, sometimes it's the only thing that's going to save a kid in the car is watch a movie. (laughs) I'm not saying, I'm not saying that because I will not be that parent. Like, but just please do not let your kids be ruled by technology because, like Erica said earlier, like, it is so addictive. Mm-hmm. I mean, I see it even just with the kindergartners. Like, they know how to work things better than I do. Like, they'll want to take a picture on my phone to send for me to send to their parents on Dojo if they've, like, worked on something during a, a play center or something. And I'm like, yeah, let me pull the camera up. And they're like, Miss Jones, I know how to do it. And it's like, of course what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Erica. <laughs> If you if you were a licensed educator, what lesson would you like to give? <laughs> but I also know you, you've spent some time in the tech industry, so appreciate. <laughs> yeah, I I definitely go right alongside that. I think technology is a great thing. I am like a huge supporter of technology, and just like Courtney said, I'm not someone who would be like absolutely no technology for kids because I think there are a lot of benefits to technology. But I also think there's a line, um, and I think this movie does a great job of showing. Um, the codependency or just the dependency, I guess, that kids can have on technology for every little thing. And you don't want your kid to have so much of a dependency on something that they can't have a normal conversation with somebody else. If they can only emotionally rely on technology, that can go down a whole rabbit hole of issues of being on the internet and trusting people you shouldn't trust. And it just gets really dangerous. So I think it, it definitely goes to show that you need to take an active, um, like an active spot in your child's life and emotional well-being to make sure that while they are on technology or connecting with technology, that they are also being safe about it and know know the line of how far they should go. Excellent. I'm going to I'm going to go right along with you guys, but I'm going to add to it as uh, is parents come up with a plan, even if you have to research a plan. Like we don't necessarily know where where education or not education. Uh, where technology is headed, but we do know it's going to advance. And so build a plan around what you know about right now. For example, like uh, my daughter's a sixth grader, and I know a lot of her friends have a phone and have had a phone for quite a while. She does not have a phone because our plan is when she reaches a point where she is going to be away from us, like say at a sports practice or something like that, um, to where then she would need to get a hold of us, then that warrants a phone. But until then, no phone. Um, 
And we've expressed that to her. We've explained that to her. And she understands it. And she doesn't push for it. She doesn't ask for it, despite the fact that she's surrounded by people with phones at school. Um, and I think that helps because it keeps her in the moment with some of her friends that don't have mm -hmm. phones. You know, it allows them to gravitate towards each other. Um, but I'd say definitely have a plan. Uh, you know, the, the parent features... Uh, on different devices are there for a reason. Don't hesitate to use them. You know, we've got it set up on all of our kids' devices that they can't download an app without parental permission. I trust my kids. I really do. But I also want to know what they're doing. Um, yeah. You know, my daughter, the only social media she has is a Pinterest account. And, and it's my Pinterest account so that any conversation she has in the comments of something, anytime somebody replies back to her, it shows up in my email. I'm not doing it to be a snoop. I'm doing it just to protect my kid. Um, and okay. we talk about it because we have a plan. And so she's, I mean, she's even said before that she's had somebody ask her, you know, how, you know, to send her a picture and how old is she? And she just on her own replied, I don't think my parents would want me to do that. And she didn't. Um, mm -hmm. And so have these talks, have this plan. Uh, as like I mentioned earlier, I'm the technology coordinator in our school district. Like technology is huge in my career. And it definitely has a place, uh, but you plan, just plan. Shoving a tablet in your kid's hands and then, like you said, expecting it to be the babysitter, that's not going to go well. Um, they're going to find themselves in areas of the internet they shouldn't belong to, um, and you can navigate that with a plan. So, a plan. Okay, Courtney, do you have anything in mind for next week? No, I've been <clears throat> I've been seeing some scary movies on TikTok uh -huh. that um, I want to look a little bit more into, okay. but not not yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Then I have one. Actually, this is okay. a, this is at the request of my wife. Okay. Um, so let's watch for next week. A let me look at the year real quick because it's probably a classic. Uh, <laughs> It's 2009, so it's right in that class. <laughs> guys, uh, let's watch 2009's "Drag Me to Hell," a okay. supernatural horror film directed and co-written by Sam Raimi. I'm a huge Sam Raimi fan. Uh, he really cut his teeth on the Evil Dead movies. Uh, he also made the Spider-Man trilogy for Sony. Um, he made the most recent Doctor Strange movie. <clears throat> He's a very polished filmmaker. <clears throat> um. But he has, definitely has a style, and his style shows up in here. Um, this movie has its moments. This movie is has its gross moments. Um, and it's, overall, it's just it's a it's another one of those fun movies. Um, you're not gonna you're not gonna lose any sleep over it. But it is it's a good ride. There's some good scares in it, uh, and and it deals like a supernatural and kind of gypsy curses and things like that. Okay. But she had asked, she goes, has Courtney seen Drag Me to Hell? I said, uh, no. <laughs> no. No, I haven't. <laughs> I Surprise! Because I think you guys should watch that one. I'm like, perfect. So next there week, we next week we will cover 2009's Drag Me to Hell. Starring Allison Lohman and Justin Long. I like Justin Long. I like Allison Lohman, too. She kind of dropped off the face of the earth. But uh, it was a lot of fun, yeah. for sure. So. I don't recognize her, but uh, she, I do him. Yeah, she hasn't been in much. She was in good, some good things, and then I guess just, I don't know, got blackballed or something. Who knows? Um, 
So that's what we're going to be watching for next week for sure. Uh, it was it was a, another hit. Thirty million dollar budget, ninety million box office, so it made its money back plus some. Uh, but it's it's a lot of fun. I really like that movie. So we will watch that next week. Erica, is there anything you'd like to plug for yourself while we're here? Uh, not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I was just really excited that I got to be a part of this, watch a movie with you guys. Anytime, and anytime. About it. <laughs> well, I'll take you up on that because I have lots of fun movies. That's so. fine. Yeah. She's she's already sent me one. I mean, it's not out yet, but I don't remember what was the name of it, Erica. Do you oh, I can't it's remember called? what it's called, but it was a preview before Megan, and I immediately texted Courtney what was going on. I'm like, Courtney, this is full of jump scares. We're, you're going to need to see it. It looks so good. Uh, Evil Dead Rise. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, there yeah. That's why. We're, yeah. We're, okay, kind of full circle here because the Evil Dead franchise was started by Sam Raimi. Mm-hmm. And then they did. When you said that, I was like, I've heard that before, but yeah. I know I haven't seen there it. There were three Evil Dead movies that he wrote and directed, and then they and then they just went away for a while. And then they did a remake of the original uh, that is also really good. Argue it was better made, but that's only because the first one was literally a group of friends out in the woods with a camera kind of thing. But it's really effective. Um, and then. Then there was a TV show called Ash versus the Evil Dead that was also really good. Uh, and then this Evil Dead Rise, um, I've seen the trailers. It does look really good, too. So, But all this started with Sam Raimi and his idea. So now we're, yeah, so you'll get your first introduction to Sam Raimi, <laughs> not with Evil Dead, but with Drag Me to Hell. But yeah, I definitely want to watch uh, Evil Dead Rise also, because that, that also looks really good. So it does. Well, um, if that's it, you can find us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, you know, the usual, um, if you're watching on YouTube, feel free to like, and subscribe and do all that stuff. All the other YouTubers tell you to do. Um, otherwise tell your friends, cause we have a lot of fun making this show. If again, we're, if you got anything you'd like to see us cover, let's hit the comments and we would love to discuss it on the show. So for Deducation. I want to thank Erica for being our guest today. Thank you, Erica, for yes. your recommendation and attendance. We really enjoyed having you, and Thanks I hope you, and I hope you come back. Uh, and uh, for education, I'm Mike, and I'm Courtney, and we'll see you guys next week. Bye.